Welcome to Therapist Uncensored, a podcast where therapists freely speak their minds about real-life matters. Hi, Sue Marriott here with Therapist Uncensored. In today's episode, Patty Allwell is going to lead us in a conversation about the value of group therapy. Hi, Sue. Hi, Anne. Hey, Patty. Yeah, I think when people are looking for resources to deal with challenges and issues in their life, one that's often overlooked is group therapy. Right. I mean, who does cartwheels in the group? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, I think a lot of people have preconceptions that they've picked up either by watching the New Heart show or uh, from what they know of groups in organizations like AA. And really, uh, group therapy is not like either of those models. It's something totally different. But I'd like to tell you a little about my background first. That would be awesome. I am, a, I am a, one of six children and the middle child. So what you discover in really big families is that there's a, a, there are limited resources and you are always competing for them with your siblings. There's not enough of mom's time, dad's time. There's not enough attention to go around. So um, when I started therapy as an adult, I was really happy. I was in a room for an hour with one person and I had their total undivided attention. That's right. You, you got to go get your lap time. Right. Exactly. It was like a love fest. But when I, when I, as an adult, I tried group therapy, it was a totally different experience. Right. Because with individual, like you're both there for you. Right. Right. That's pretty sweet. Yes. That's what I thought. <laughs> So when I walk into the group, what came up for me were all those issues, those really difficult feelings that I'd had in my family. And that And you pay for this? <laughs> well, I'll get I think to that's the a ba- different diagnosis. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But they're the same the same emotions that come up for me when I'm working in business, when I'm on a board, when I'm out with a group of friends and maybe there's, you know, I'm competing with friends for attention or for uh, feeling overlooked or not taken seriously. And so here I was in a place where not only those emotions came up, but I had people to help me identify them. I had people to help me work with them. And it's almost like you're in a lab where you get to experiment with different ways to deal with that. That sounds pretty cool. Okay, and here's where we really get going and explain how group therapy can get you to be more honest with yourself and with your relationships. Patty, working with couples, it makes me think of that. And oftentimes, I can't tell you how often um, when we have one part of a couple in group therapy, the other part of the couple is incredibly excited because all of those same issues comes up in couples and it's so hard and they create conflict between. But when you have a whole group of people right there going, wait, I see you taking up too much space. It's all of a sudden you're hearing the same thing you hear from your husband or your wife or your partner. And it's like, oh God, I have to really listen. And where they can't take it in from their husband or the wife, often it's a lot less threatening to take it in from somebody who's a member of your group Mm -hmm. than from your partner. Absolutely. And even if it's not easier to take it in, it's a little bit impossible to deny when you have nine people. (laughs) It's one thing 
think if your wife's saying something over and over again, you can say, oh, God, that's just her. It's another totally. thing. You have nine people going, do you know what you do? It's kind of driving me crazy. Right, which brings me to what, uh, what I consider one of the real strong points of group. Um, it's really an ideal setting for addressing relationship problems. So you walk into this room with a therapist and maybe up to eight people, and all of them have different personalities, different uh, relationship styles, and different perspectives. And you start creating relationships with them, and they start to see your habitual patterns. So you have not only a therapist, but a group of people that are helping stimulate patterns and help you observe them and study them. Exactly. And I think that's, it's invaluable, really, especially, I think another aspect of that is as they get stimulated and you have people helping you, you stay and you, you get into the process of really working through it and not just hearing about, oh, you have this one issue. You stay and you get to work through it over a long period of time in a really, really safe environment. Oh, yeah. Y'all are making it sound all sweet and everything. Like, <laughs> that, well, that's true. Uh, the, <laughs> no, seriously, first, group is hard. Group yeah. is hard. The first, you know, one of the first things is identifying them. But the second part, which I agree is hard, mm-hmm. is the, but you are in a sort of low risk advi- environment to experiment with new social skills. So, you know, if you go and you're with your partner, it can feel really hard to try new skills. But, you know, you're sort of in a lab with a group of people where you can, you know, try and change how you react to something and see what happens and see how you feel about it. And you have a group of people that are going to let you experiment with that. Right. So, like, if you're a caretaker, like a chronic caretaker, the goal in group would be to be a real jerk. <laughs> we get to try that out. We get to, we get to uh, practice our bitchiness and our selfishness. <laughs> or we get to we get to admit that we have a side that really wants things, as opposed to paying attention to what everybody else wants in the group and deferring to everybody else. Because after a while, the group's not going to let you do that. They're going to keep calling you on it, and at some point, they're going to keep they're going to ask you, "What do you want, Sue?" And you can only avoid that question. You can't run out of the room, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, it would be be like learning a language through immersion rather than just through a book or something like that. Right. You actually have to experience it. Yeah. So another example is people who have problems with boundaries, right? If, If they sort of let people run all over them and there's somebody in the group who, um, is, running over your boundaries and you actually get to the point where you can say, stop, I don't like it when you talk to me that way, as opposed to just rolling over. And and you'll have lots of support because whoever the person is who tends to be more aggressive and take up a lot of space and run over everybody else, the other people in the group are going to be feeling a lot of what you're feeling and are going to be encouraging you to sort of set your limits, set your boundaries. Another thing that I often see people struggle with in group is finding their own voice. You know, people who don't speak up mm-hmm. and don't claim their own space, well, group is a great place to learn that. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you have a therapist there sort of helping you, but you also have the group members helping you 
And when you get a, go out into the world, you know, if you've got a job where you um, can't speak up to your boss or, or you have a marriage where you can't speak up to your partner and you start practicing this in group, there's no way it can't change your relationships outside of group. Yeah, that's a good point because you're actually making those neural changes um, in your body and <clears throat> really developing the muscle memory of standing up for yourself or having your voice or what have you. Right. And learning and, how to be, I'm sorry, learning how to be empowered in that way. And another thing that adds to that is that you also get perspective and you get to hear different people's perspective on, on the issues that you have. So when you're having a hard time, number one, being able to speak up for yourself and number two, feeling like your issue is valid. It's another thing you have seven, eight people around being able to most many times in different genders, being able to go, wait, I really get your point, or this is where we get stuck. And it helps empower you to be able to find your voice and to realize what you have to say is really important. And, or and that, that's, that's really a point that I want to stress, because when you do that mm-hmm. and you discover that the world doesn't end, people don't hate you, you know, you don't collapse in shame, you didn't just blow the people out of the water. You know, they're exactly. still standing. Exactly. I mean, so many of us are so scared of our anger or scared of standing up for ourselves. You know, we we worry that if we do these things that are good for us, that somehow there'll be these, hor- we, don't, we don't know what they'll be, but horrible, catastrophic results. And you get to see in group, oh, I did that and nothing happened. I actually said I was angry, and the person I said I was angry to instead of running away was drawn closer to me. That reminds me of one thing too, Patty, that you get so much more insight because we're assuming that we know we don't have a voice, but oftentimes we think, oh, I can't have a voice with my partner. I can have a voice with everyone else, but I can't actually, and so we blame our partner often for that problem. Then we get in and we start talking about it in group, and you can demonize your partner and say he or she won't listen. But when you learn over time, it's really that most of the group is not listening to you and it's because you're not, you're not the one standing up for yourself. It helps you really generalize that it's your issue rather than your partner's. And for that, it could be a big relief. Yeah. Yeah. I so agree with that. Right. That whatever the things are that we struggle in the world, um, like we evoke it in the group so mm-hmm. we can, mm-hmm. so we can get people to not listen to us. And then, not recognize it. We and, blame it on the world and blame it on the world. And then you get in group and go, wait, I keep blaming the world for this. And What's my group, participation? And the group is the most powerful in, in working with individuals and couples. I really agree with you. The group is the most powerful way to really see what your own particular issues are and then get that muscle to work on it. Because it's very different than going. People are like, well, what's the difference between having a group of friends that listen, support, and challenge me. Yeah, because then I can pick them. And what if I don't like a group member? Exactly. We go pick. That's what exactly. Good point, Sue. Because you pick your friends. And you pick what fits with you and what works. And if somebody doesn't fit and work with you, you kind of discard. You're like, no, that's not a good person for me to be friends with. So we prune our friends. In group, we don't get to prune the members. So it lets those parts of us get evoked that we wouldn't be challenged otherwise. Right. And, and to go back to my own personal experience in group... The parts of me that react to competition, jealousy, envy, that were very, um, were evoked in my family, get evoked in a group. 
And then what I discover is that it's okay to turn to somebody and say, I'm jealous when you get all the leader's time, Mm -hmm. or, or I'm really resentful that you and Sarah have this strong relationship. And to find out that rather than those people, you know, being angry at me, they're interested. They're actually interested in the fact that I'm feeling these things towards them. And I think we, we tend to believe that we can have a relationship that's close that only has some of our feelings, the good ones, the warmth, the love. Well, guess what? The way to have true intimacy is to feel all of our feelings. So you can't feel love without feeling hate. You can't feel joy without feeling sadness. So deciding which ones you're going to have in a relationship diminishes the relationship. You need all of them. That's such a beautiful point. It really is, Patty. And to be able to turn to somebody and be validated that you can say, I'm jealous of you, I'm scared, is such a relief. And it's such a a connection of intimacy that many people don't let themselves have because they don't think they can say, I'm jealous of you. And to see that it actually evokes usually a response that makes the other person feel closer and other people go, oh my God, I feel jealous too. In this last section, we talk about what is probably the greatest asset of group therapy, which is the group itself. Um, A lot of people don't understand their emotions and they aren't capable of saying, I'm angry at you, but they turn a lot of that on themselves. And oftentimes that, you know, I think a lot of people end up with depression or social anxiety because they they really don't know how to feel those feelings and express them to other people. And those people really can benefit from group for a whole bunch of reasons. One of which is that when people are depressed or have anxiety, they retreat from their lives. They tend to isolate and not uh, pull back from family and friends. And so one other area that is so powerful with group is you have a community, a sense of belonging. Once a week, you show up to this group of people that are struggling with the same issues you are. And so it's a really, it's, it kind of inoculates you against this, this social isolation. It really gives you a sense of having people who care about you and that you are a member of that group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that you know that that group is going to, I think, such important point what you just said, but also that you know those people are going to come back the next week no matter what, because one of the group guarantees and when you join a group is that you're going to come back no matter how mad you get, you're going to show up the next week so that you can try these out and have this sense of security that I get, get to know myself, try new behaviors, try new interactions, really name my feelings, and no matter what happens in that group, they're going to be there for me the next week. Right. It provides the stability Mm -hmm. that a lot of people don't have in their personal lives. Mm -hmm. And then the the last thing I'd really like to bring up is that um, group is a very uh, valuable resource, but the cost of group is relatively low compared to other therapy. It's often a third to a half of the cost of individual therapy. So people can- And it's longer. That's true. It's usually an hour and a half as opposed to an hour. And people can really invest in 
dealing with their issues over a long period of time without taking the hit that sometimes individual therapy is. Yeah, therapy is expensive. Um, but I totally well, worth it. But worth it, but expense. It's expensive. It's expensive financially, but it's also expensive emotionally. Um, but the other thing about yeah, group is I see like it's a ma- it's a good maintenance long term. You know, people are in group for years often. The type of group we're talking about, right? Um, and another just thing that makes me think of is it's like going from the lap as we talked about earlier to the playground. So group tends to bring out not our best self. Um, individual brings out our best self. It's the lap. Um, when we're brave enough to go look at all those kids that are already playing and try to join in the playground, like, like peers and, you know, um, friendships that that's really hard to do. What if I'm going to get a rock thrown at me (laughs) or, um, what if I'm a big rock thrower or what have you, that's going to become much more apparent in group, which by the way is exactly perfect because if I'm a rock thrower, then we're never going to get to that in individual because in individual, you're not going to be throwing rocks. Right. And if you're throwing rocks in group, you're likely throwing rocks at work and you're throwing rocks. Exactly. That's the thing. So then your it's, it's a way to really so. get to those more problematic. Or even I think of it more of like throwing pebbles, like little microaggressions and like, what? I can't believe somebody's so mad at me. So that'll be much more clear in group, but we'll never see that in individual. Right. So I think sort of to sum it up, we're talking about a resource that um, people should consider when they're struggling with issues that's less expensive, brings up different issues, and allows access to things that can be problems in your life but don't, aren't as likely to come up in an individual therapy session. Awesome. Thank you, Patty. This was really enlightening. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Therapist Uncensored. If you'd like to see more and hear more, just check us out at therapistuncensored.com. There you're going to find show notes, links, content, other materials. We would love for you to sign up for our email list. That way we can be connected. And also you can reach out to us and let us know what you think, including any um, topics you would like us to cover in future episodes. Thanks for being a part of things. Therapist Uncensored is Ann Kelly, Patty Alwell, and Sue Marriott. Cameron Lindsay edits the show.